The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night, wherever you are listening. And today, we're finally going to do it. We are finally taking it upon myself to talk about eggs. Because, to be quite honest, when it comes to Pokemon reproduction, it gets all kinds of nuts when you actually look at it. Like, if you really think about it, when you put a Pokemon other than a Ditto in a daycare, and then another Pokemon in the daycare, yeah, if you put two Rhydons together, it makes sense that you're getting eggs. But then you start putting things like a Muck and a Gardevoir together, and you still get an egg. You get a Skitty and a Waylord, and you get an egg. Obviously, this is just a game mechanic to make it easier to breed Pokemon. If this wasn't in the game, it'd be a lot harder to breed. But like all Pokemon content makers, I kind of want to go deeper than the creators intended. So today, we are going to be talking about animal reproduction. Yay! We're going to talk about some of the different eggs you find in invertebrates and vertebrates. Uh, the different animals and how they lay eggs. And we're going to talk about what we can learn from our world that can justify the nonsense we're seeing in this one. Now, before I go any further, for our miners that are listening... Ask your parents if this episode is right for you. The only reason I say this is because we have our younger 12-year-old, 11-year-old audience members. You guys rock. But I'm going to be using the actual terms for, like, reproduction. And it's up to your parents if that's cool with you. For the rest of you, yes, we are going to be using only the technical terms. I am going to not make any, like, dirty jokes because, to me, reproduction isn't dirty. It's, it's just reproduction. Everything's got to do it. That's how you made it here. But again, for our younger ones. Choice is up to your parents. I'll give you guys five seconds. Anywho, all multicellular organisms have some form of reproduction. Obviously, that's how they get there, but most of that reproduction is going to be sexual. Now, there are cases of asexual reproduction where you just can bud out. You see that in coral, and you can even see that in some sharks and Komodo dragons who can participate in parthenogenesis, where they just have the females plop out a little clone of themselves. But in all actuality, that form of reproduction isn't the best for multicellular organisms. For bacteria, they can do this a lot more efficiently because they can mutate a lot more quickly and develop and mutate defenses against disease or threats to them. For multicellular organisms, that change takes time. And if you're just making little clones of yourselves, then if there's a disease, then they're all going to get it. If you're allergic to peanuts, they're all allergic to peanuts. If you have an astigmatism, if you have bad eyes, they're all going to have bad eyes. This is why sexual reproduction is so important. You need to mix your genes together in order to try and find the best balance. Is that always going to produce the best results? No. My brother is a great example. But it is going to have the most likely outcome for the best outcome. Now, when animals reproduce, one of the most common ways that the offspring will be entered into the world is through eggs. Uh, eggs take up many, many different shapes 
and sizes. I will be focusing more on vertebrate eggs. I know there are many bug Pokemon in the game, and there are lots of different weird plants that can somehow just lay an egg. Again, weird Pokemon. But I kind of want to focus more on the vertebrate eggs because invertebrate eggs are insane. They are not shaped like the ovals you're thinking of. They are like spirally or they are weird and like shaped like square. They, there's so many weird eggs out there, but all eggs have the same exact function. You want to produce a little bubble of an environment for your offspring to develop away from you where you can go about and do your own thing and the organism can survive in the outside world in a controlled environment. So as long as the egg does that job, it, it's a good egg. But each egg is going to contain a little bit of nutrients, a yolk of sorts, in order to help them grow. So laying an egg isn't just like producing the offspring. For every egg you lay, the female is going to have to supply nutrients to that organism to have it put into the egg. That's why so many animals will literally give their lives to have their eggs laid because, to be honest, it's so much energy. This is why so many animals will wait for the right timing, temperature, um, environmental fluctuations in the water, pH. This is why so many animals have to wait because laying an egg is really, really hard. Now, as far as the different kind of eggs, uh, the ones you see in vertebrates, typically with fish and amphibians, they're pretty gooey. Uh, most people, when they think, uh, when you think of like roe or like the little orange things you get in sushi, that that's kind of similar to what you're getting with a fish or an amphibian egg. Their job is to keep the organism safe, but also keeping them in a nice wet environment. The problem is these eggs have never adapted to being out in dry land. So they kind of have to stay in water at all times or covered in some kind of mucus. There is typically zero parental care. But the females are going to lay those eggs and the males are going to either release sperm all over the top of them and fertilize them when they're outside or they'll do something similar to sharks where they have internal fertilization. The two little noodles you see on the bellies of male sharks, they're claspers. They're double male reproductive organs. So they get two while humans get one. Uh, sharks do lay eggs but they tend to be a little bit harder and tougher. They still need to be in water. And unlike most fish, there are some that'll actually just keep the eggs inside and then they'll lay them that way. There are even some sharks, like sharks have so many ways of reproducing. It's crazy to me. I love them so much for that. I'm just like, huh, I could pick one way to produce offspring or just all of them. I've been around 435 million years. I do what I want. Now the reptiles and the birds out there, they were the ones who evolved the game changer. These are the eggs we think of when we think of in our kitchen. These eggs have a tough outer shell that can keep water inside and the harshness of the environment mostly out. This adaptation is what got us onto land. This is what was the big change for all of us vertebrates. Now granted, there were tons of insects and other things that figured out how to do this a long time ago, but for the vertebrates, they were able to get that egg that we think of. Now, each egg that developed also evolved to fit its own different environment. There are going to be eggs that are a little bit softer. They're able to absorb a little bit more impact if they're being handled out a bit. There are some that are going to be like bird eggs where they have spots and colors all over them, making it easier to identify what species you're dealing with. Uh, even the egg shape itself is so cool because for some eggs, they are evolved to, okay, you have to stay in this little nest, so we're going to evolve you to be almost perfectly circular, so that way we can fit you perfectly in this circular nest. 
And then you have birds that live on the cliffside where their eggs are shaped in a very specific oval that makes it very difficult for them to roll off a cliff. They kind of just roll in a circle. If you've ever noticed, like, if you try rolling an egg, it's going to roll at an angle. That's kind of the same thing that'll happen to these um, cliff-dwelling birds, which is an amazing evolution. I can only imagine how bad that was for the first um, birds. Like, all right, I'm going to try out this new home. All right, I'm going to lay the end. It's gone. And, and it's just, just, it just gone. In any case, we do have one other group of vertebrate that lays eggs. And there's only like two of them that are alive today. And those are the mammals, the echidna and the platypus. They still have to produce milk to feed their offspring, but they also lay eggs. It's very similar egg to a reptile, but unlike the reptiles and unlike a lot of the fish, these organisms are born basically helpless. Like when a baby sea turtle is born, its only weakness is that it's small. When a baby shark is born, it has all its killer instincts to hunt down things, but it's small. When a baby platypus is born, it's basically the size of a bean. It's a, a rather large bean. And the female has to hold on to it and, and keep it warm along its body after it hatches. Now, they still produce milk, but they don't have nipples. They don't have an area for you to suckle and have it release. Instead, it just has the memory glands and it just kind of oozes out at a specific spot and the baby will slurp it up from there. If that sounds really gross to you, it's because it is. And again, I would love to talk about all the different invertebrate eggs out there, but again, they're crazy. There are so many different varieties. There are so many different ways the eggs can be protected or shaped or placed in areas or kept inside a fish's mouth. There's so many weird things that organisms do to protect and keep their eggs. Also, Pokemon kind of focuses on the typical vertebrate egg structure. So we're going to focus on that. On to the Pokemon. How on earth can we make some babies with this? Because we now know how eggs are made we know that nutrients goes into the female over food and consumption lays them male fertilizes them either internally or externally and they'll hatch again the game mechanics are making this easier to breed but it also makes us really curious about how things like skitty and a waylord can evolve it's weird in nature you can have hybrids we've talked about hybrids before on this show uh, but typically hybrids don't survive because they don't have the ability to breed with anything else like you can't make a liger and have it produce good offspring with a female tiger when it's an adult or a female lion or a male lion it just doesn't work out that way because they're just too dissimilar from each other in pokemon uh, it's implying that while the pokemon may look incredibly different from the other it still is closely enough related to them genetically to produce offspring despite some size and type differences and as far as the size goes it's not the most surprising especially when you consider dogs think about it from the great dane and pug perspective just because they are vastly different sizes it doesn't mean they aren't genetically related to each other now i i feel like since these two organisms, a Skitty and a Waylord, don't live in the same area. They probably only figured this out when some humans had way too much time on their hands and decided to see how the egg groups would work. So this probably wouldn't occur in the wild. It is really cool to see that when the eggs are being produced, uh, it's the female's type. It's the female species that takes the control. So clearly in Pokemon, on a genetic level, 
Despite having the male producing some part of the reproductive material, the female's dominant genes are going to be the one that takes over. Now, as far as genetic material goes, let's get to the nitty gritty. Male Pokemon most likely are going to have some kind of penis. Uh, they're going to internally fertilize the female. If you laughed at the word penis, 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 vagina, penis. We good? Again, I, sorry, I don't find that stuff funny anymore. I'm not 12. The females are not going to have a vagina. Or they're going to probably have a cloaca. So if you don't know what a cloaca is, a cloaca is basically an all-in-one entrance and exit that all egg-laying organisms have. There is not a single butthole in any of the Pokemon out there. And I do not say that as a joke. I say that out of science. The females of every Pokemon are going to have a cloaca. For any of you degenerates who draw that kind of art, there's your horrible fact. They have cloacas. In Pokemon, it seems that, again, the females have the genetic power, so the males are going to reproduce with them, and then they're going to have an egg laid once that material mixes in, and they have enough nutrients to survive. Now, you might be thinking, but Lucas, what about things like Magnemite and Gastly's? How are you able to breed those with Dittos? I don't know. Magic? I mean, come on. Like, I'm not telling you guys how to breed ghosts. That concept alone is terrifying that ghosts can reproduce. Now... The anime does a really good job of talking about the design of a lot of these eggs. The games, not so much. Uh, if you look at some of the episodes of the anime, there's entire collections of eggs that all look similar in coloration or pattern to what the parents look like. And there's an amazing artist, Christopher Stoll. I have his book in my little library nook signed by him. He does some wonderful Pokemon art that showed that... The Pokemon eggs should definitely be different shapes and sizes. There is no reason that the Executes eggs should look like a Bulbasaur's eggs. These animals are clearly two different organisms, and yet the egg is shaped the same. Even if the color's different, the, the egg is shaped the same, or the size is the same. Like, it's really interesting that for some reason Pokemon can just pop out of these eggs, like, completely normal size to their typing uh, again it's a game mechanic i'm overlooking i'm overthinking whatever uh the game does keep it pretty simple and i think when it comes to the game's design of eggs i get it you don't want to have to design 890 some odd eggs i'm sorry over 900 now but like on the other hand you're the biggest media franchise on the planet if you're not going to spend money on voice actors or better stories you could spend it on this anyway I think having different eggs also opens up a world for, like, some really creative Pokemon. There are some animals that will evolve to have their eggs look exactly like those of other animals and just lay their eggs in that nest and it solves their problem. Uh, there was an episode of the anime, I think, where, like, a Rowlet was raised by a toucan. I think that was Ash's Rowlet. Whatever. Point is... That would be a really fun Pokemon down the line where it's just, yeah, no, this wonderful bird lays its eggs in other Pokemon's nests and has them raise them. Oh, if we had the horde battles back again, that would be funny. Like, Pidgey, 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 Pidgey. what on earth are you, Pidgey? <laughs> I think that would be fun. So as far as the care of the egg goes, like after it's laid, I mean, you have your weird Arcanine Oddish fusioned egg that you have questions about, but you still have to take care of it. I think it's cool that Pokemon adds the step mechanic and how long it'll hatch because it does reflect that organisms take different amounts of time 
to, you know, reproduce and then Tang get mature. I think it's really cool because in the animal kingdom, you can have a rat who is like pregnant and ready to go in like a month. Like it goes from zero baby to baby in about a month. But then you have the elephant who has to wait almost two years in order to just produce one baby. I think it's cool that Pokemon adds the footstep mechanic to kind of deal with it. Also, to Pokemon Go, having the incubators is really cool. I don't like that it, um, in normal Pokemon, it's like, here's this egg. Shove it in your backpack and just walk around with it. I think that it's really cool to have the incubators just kind of there because in real life, incubators are what helps so many farmers and homegrown animals, the chickens you can raise in your backyard. This helps them survive really easily, make sure you can maintain the perfect temperature, and one that's mobile. Well, that's just really cool. Now, if only Pokemon Go would stop them from breaking so I wouldn't spend money on them. Hmm. In any case... Once the egg is eventually hatched, they are going to be built very similar to sharks, which is something I love because sharks are awesome. And sharks are born ready to kill. They are ready to hunt. They are ready to survive on their own. Again, they're just small. They're just weaker. And Pokemon does the same thing. Everyone gets born with an attack, and I absolutely adore it. Granted, some of them are born with Splash. They're going to have a harder time. And again, that goes later on into how these eggs are developed. Even if they all come from eggs... Different Pokemon are going to care for them in different ways. There are herd-based Pokemon that take care of their young. There are things that are literally going to be like, well, that's an egg. I'm out. Bye. It's so cool to think about how many different forms of these Pokemon take, even if they all come from the same egg. And it's the same thing in our world. Think of all the different birds and reptiles and even some mammals that pop out of a hard-shelled egg. Absolutely wild, the number of adaptations they've been able to put up. Again, all coming from that simple little sexually reproduced egg. So to summarize everything in a nightly little bow, all Pokemon have cloaca and males all probably have penises in some way or another to deposit sperm. You might get some, you know, external fertilization with some of the fish, but most of them are probably going to have those reproductive organs. Pokemon are also close enough genetically to breed even if they are much larger than the others, the females have the more dominant gene, at least in terms to their genetic genes, the, to the genes focused on <laughs> genetic gene, the genes focused on reproduction. Pokemon will probably breed with animals in their same species. More likely than not, you're going to get things like Rhydons and Rhydons more often than you're going to get Arcanines and Oddishes. But I think because people got involved, that's when you start seeing like, the, oh, hey, my Skitty and my Waylord like each other a little bit more than I thought. Here's an egg. But when those eggs are produced, uh, the eggs may look the same, but they still have very different conditions in how they're cared for. And the portable incubators are a way better way of dealing with those than having them thrown into your sack like just another Pokeball or random doll you found on the ground. With all that said and done, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I have wanted to talk about Pokemon reproduction for a while. And a while back, we talked about how Pokemon can, like, reproduce together and, like, how they hang out and their courtship behavior. But it's really nice to just sit back and talk about reproduction in a non-comedy way. Because I think that's uh, that's a big problem where everyone's like, ha-ha, sex funny. Like, sex isn't funny. You got here from sex. That's how life starts. Get over it. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And hey, enjoy Pokemon Day. That's in like, what, a few days from when I'm recording this? Yeah, enjoy your Pokemon Day. Hopefully we get some new announcements. We will definitely talk about whatever is announced next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Peace!